Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Before introducing tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host and collaborator, Tamara, who's going to tell you how you can get a free ebook of our latest book, Darling Girls. Yeah, if you're listening to this anytime before May 31st, 2018, you're eligible to win a free ebook copy of the latest Thorn and Cross novel, Darling Girls. All you have to do to sign up is sign up for the newsletter by going to our websites at alistair.cross.com, alistaircross.com or tamarathorn.com. <laughs> And yeah, it's been a long day. And after you sign up, ask two of your friends to do the same. If you're already signed up for the newsletter, you're still eligible. And all you have to do to get is get two of your friends to sign up as well for the newsletter. Then email our publicist at contact at bamliterature.com. That's contact at B is in boy, A is in animal, and M is in memory, literature.com, with the email uh, addresses of your friends. If they sign up, you'll have your choice of an EPUB or Moby copy of Darling Girls. No email addresses will ever be shared, and the only thing you'll ever get from us is the monthly newsletter. This offer is valid only for the EPUB and Moby copies, and the giveaway ends May 31st this year. All right. All right, and uh, you can learn more about what we do at our website, alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com, or you can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at tamarthorn and at crossalister. You can also visit us on Facebook on our Hundred Nights Live page. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. If you're listening online, please click the follow button. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Uh, and tonight, we'd like to welcome to the show Earl Javorski. Uh, he was born in Berlin and immigrated to the U.S. He has been, among other things, a delivery boy, a musician, product rep in the chemical entertainment industry, university music teacher, software salesman, copy editor, proofreader, and novelist. His novels include Down Solo and Trust Me and a sequel to Down Solo called Down to No Good. Welcome to the show, Earl. It's great to have you. Yeah. Thanks. Great to be here with you guys. And I have All to right. ask, what is the chemical? What, what is the chemical entertainment industry? Really? Okay. <laughs> That's what exactly. I thought. Okay, I was just checking. That, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, talk. It is. It is. <laughs> it is in fact a tongue-in-cheek euphemism, or can I say that again? Euphemism, or yes, uh, for dealing drugs. Yes, it is. Oh, so, okay. Does that mean you were and, selling uh, at the weed store, or more fun than no, that? No, I, I started oh. out with weed, and then I escalated to the LSD world. We created little gelatin pyramids out of uh, LSD oh, concentrate, wow. and and then things shifted, and it became the dark cocaine world, and and. Uh, you know, I had a good run at it for a long time, and it didn't end pretty. I'll tell oh, you. Wow! <laughs> wow! We could have. So, we would have liked to talk to you, have a writing mother. Yeah. 
<laughs> we, right, neither of right. us have tried most of these things, and we had to find people who had and were willing to talk to us. I see. <laughs> we didn't want to try that. Hence, I probably won't take you up on your vaping suggestions for going to sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it'll work if you need to. Yeah. Okay, thanks. It's a, the slippery slope for some of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I used to only smoke cigarettes if I had to be around people who smoked because it made me so sick, and it didn't. It wasn't uh-huh. as bad if I smoked too. I don't addict to nicotine, so I guess I don't know what else I don't addict to. But I've never tried to find out. But I uh-huh. hate cigarettes, don't. so yeah. I'm just glad I'm in California. I, I love cigarettes. <laughs> He did. Oh, I don't really? smoke anymore. I don't smoke he anymore, did. but I, I, I did. I don't anymore, but I did for a long time, and I still, you know, even when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I can't wait till I can grow up and smoke. And then I did, and uh-huh. I did that for a few years, and it's really bad for you and all that, and so I quit. But I still like it. I still smell it and like it, and once in a while I'm like, oh, give me a cigarette. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah, my husband quit <laughs> like 20, 25 years ago, and he still thinks it smells good. I just always thought it, it smelled like poop you know <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> not to me but anyway so we're here to talk about books instead of drugs <laughs> okay yeah, why not yeah there are no drugs in my okay. book no there always are now in I'm, ours and, you know. now i'm lying i just erased everything right. our, our questions page so okay we... it's back why don't we start with, uh, so you've done a lot of things in your in your life. You've done a lot of things. How did you wind up uh, in the writing business? Actually, writing is the first thing I wanted to do. Uh, it was, you know, I, I, if I go back, I, I go back to the 10th grade. I wasn't a very good student. I got in the meanest, I had the meanest English teacher in the school and within five minutes, she had already kicked five people out of class, and I was going to be the sixth. And I'm pretty sure I got a D on my first paper, and I just went, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do something here. And I started getting A's from her, and it validated that I had a facility for putting words on papers. I got into the journalism class, and it just developed into what I, what I wanted to be. And then I got sidetracked. At, probably about 20, I wanted to be a musician and gave that about 15 years effort up there in the LA music scene. Just about killed me. And uh, it was a big relief no longer to think of myself as a musician with a capital M. Then I became a family (laughs) guy and lived the straight life for, you know, well, I still do, but, you know, lived that whole life that I always kind of rejected as square and uh, somewhere along the line, went back to school and took some writing courses and went, okay, I, I'm going to write a book. Then I'm going to write another one. And then curiously got a, a, a contract with an indie publisher. Um, one funny story there, but that worked out. So it's been a very interesting ride. I sort of just bumbled my way through it. I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you love something, that usually works. It does. I hope so. (laughs) So the title of your new book, it's the second in the series, and Mm -hmm. tell us the title of your book. I've lost my spot on my page of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Down Down to No Good, which is the sequel to Down Solo. Okay. uh, Yeah. 
well, it's it's a PI, it's a thriller, but it has a very supernatural twist, which is why you're on the horror show, and that is that right. your protagonist dies in the beginning of the first book. Tell us about that. Well, not, and not only does he die, but he's telling the whole story from it's on Halloween. Um, just happens to be Halloween. How did? Here's a funny thing. I just don't know what to do with this. I'm not quite sure if what you're asking me. Tell us about that. He wakes up looking down at his body, floating above it, and it's got bullet holes in, in, in the head. And the body, he, he, it pulls him in, and he realizes that he can make, he can, well, I call it running the body. He can run the body, uh, mm-hmm. or he can leave it and float around within limitations for a certain amount of time and not too far. Uh, and so... People ask, well, how does how does he do that, and doesn't that require an explanation? And my immediate thought is, do we need an explanation for clowns luring little kids into sewers? I don't think so. You either accept it, <laughs> right? You know, they're there. I guess. Yeah. You, you accept that world. We've all seen the blues. And, yeah. and no, and no, right, right, and. So in your world, because you have this show and that's where your interests lie, uh, if we had to explain, we'd have a lot of explaining to do. Mm-hmm. Right, right. This <laughs> so is a really interesting no good, twist, to, though. There's no, there are no like, good uh, physics behind it. Right, right. But but it's but it's great because this is like a like an astro projection mm-hmm. private investigator type thing, which is <laughs> one of the most unique yeah. and fun. Things I've probably ever heard of. How did you? What made you yeah. think to to do this? You know, I I don't actually. I I sat down one day and wrote. Um, I, I I wrote the first page of the first book, where he woke up looking down at the body, and that that happened in the first book as well. And it pulled him in, and then he found out he could run it, and, he, and I describe him as as running the that that running the body is like being in a gorilla suit it's awkward and cumbersome but you get used to it and and then but the added twist is that he's, as before he died he was a heroin addict and so the first thing he thinks of is he needs to go get high and then he remembers the whole process of of copying and tying off his arm and all that stuff, which actually I never did, but I imagined it. So he's, he's a junkie PI who's dead, who reanimates his body. Uh, you either buy that premise I, or you don't. I hope I, hope I pulled I, it off. I, I think it sounds fantastic. We, yeah. got, we have copies of too. it. We have not. I haven't, I haven't uh, had a chance to, to yeah. crack it open yet, but I, I fully intend to oh, based on that right. alone because this is totally yeah. right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I, I call it. I call it pretty much a straightforward Raymond Chandler-esque PI mystery, except for the fact that dead people don't generally reanimate and go find out who killed them. Right. Um, but but structurally, yeah. you know, and, and in tone, I, I, I go for the sort of Chandler, that you know, the hard-boiled idea. Nice, nice. Right. Um, we were talking about, um, like, Sleep disorders is our various sleep disorders mm-hmm. and all that before the show. Now, this kind of this, I would imagine that made you very interested in researching like lucid dreaming, astral projection, and near death experience. 
we all know a lot about those things from, you know, just <laughs> I, getting to well, see what happens in our dreams in a different way. At the heart of all that yeah. is the, the topic that interests me most, which is consciousness itself. <clears throat> because mm-hmm. I spent so many years trying to fine-tune mine <laughs> with, <clears throat> with chemical agents. And of course, mm-hmm. it was a it was a failed experiment in the long term, and it did a lot of harm. And uh, actually, what I'm most grateful for now is is what I call what I call uncompromised consciousness. But the whole topic fascinates me. Science doesn't have very good answers about it. Uh, right. The possibility, you know, yeah. the, the the best they've got to offer is they try to reduce it you know, to some mechanical chemical you know, a bunch of components that it's not satisfying. Um, so, yeah, so from there you get to dreams, you get to the possibility, I mean, astral projection, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. I love the idea. I love the idea that consciousness might exist separately from the physical world. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, once once you buy that premise, then you're opening the door to fairies and trolls and elves and, you know, so where are you going to draw the line in your... It's, yeah, it's right. It's so actually, down to, down to no good actually deals with, uh, and I think I mentioned this in an email, with a, the villain in it is named Tamara. And she is a wannabe, uh, 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 she's a psychic. So she's a self-proclaimed psychic. Oh, she's okay. Book, and she... Has she goes on TV and she's trying. She she does shows in Santa Monica at a playhouse there and has a hardcore following. And she goes to the police and gives them tips on homicide cases. And they happen to be accurate enough that the press goes, you know, psychic solves cases for LAPD. And the LAPD uh-huh. brass doesn't like it because it makes them look bad because they should be able to solve their cases without you know without a wannabe psychic so um, so my Dave Putnam character who's a cop who shares this book with Charlie Miner the PI Dave Putnam says hey you know this these are cases of mine I don't like them being you know meddled with with this psychic and he says to Charlie because he knows Charlie's secret he says you got to help me with this because I'm I'm in over my head in this uh you know, weird psychic stuff. You come back to life, yeah. you got to know something about it. And Charlie goes, I don't, I don't know anything about it, so let's go take a look. And so that's the premise. Uh, what's what's she doing? Who's murdering these kids? And and what's at the bottom of it? Mm-hmm. That was a mouthful. And that, that, <laughs> you asked me about dreams, yeah. and I went there. Yeah. Sorry. Well, so have have you ever tried to experience lucid dreaming or anything like that yourself? I once in a while will realize I'm dreaming. Um, I have I have fairly consistent themes in my dreams. One of them is I'm on a boogie board size kind of pillow that I can. Uh, I'm I'm paddling it around on on the road on the street with cars uh-huh. going as fast as the cars, and uh-huh. I don't know why, but I have that a lot. I have a consistent one about my about having a phone. I'm trying to reach people that can help me, but the the buttons aren't right. I don't know what that is. It's kind of clearly an alienation dream. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I have a homeless dream. I have each of these about once every two weeks. I don't know. How about you? Do you have, do you have themes that your dreams follow? And once in a while, I, I suddenly I am aware of yeah, oh, my anxiety dream is always the cat. Oh, talking to. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. It, okay, no, I. One thing I always dream. We have a delay, so this is why this keeps happening. But anyway, I, mm-hmm. I have for years frequently dreamed that I uh, am in a great big huge hotel, and mm-hmm. I go into my room and I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing there, and I go out, and it's totally different than when yes. I went in. And so this building is constantly changing, and I can't find my way out. <laughs> I have that. I have that familiar yeah. um, familiar buildings that have rooms that aren't supposed to be there. Right. Very spooky. Yeah. Very spooky. I have. I I, I get the hotel dream, and I'm always wandering around, forgetting where I my room is, and can't find my key. It's just like the old high school locker dream. And and yeah. I'm yeah. always trying to find a public restroom, but there are no doors on the stalls, and so I just have to hold it. And then, uh, then, but I have the uh, ha- the Jungian houses dream a lot, and it's like it's my house, and it has this beautiful study full of books and green plants and uh, oak wood, you know, it's wonderful. And then the rest of the house is a total disaster with a myriad of little rooms and stuff. And there's some of them that are locked, and I know better than to look in them. And I'm always real proud of myself for that. But it's it, the rest of them are really interesting. <laughs> I go in there and look at all the junk I've collected. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's about yeah. it, except for the cats streaming in and out of the. I'm trying to put my cats back in the house, and they keep coming out as I put them in. That, that's that's my irritation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's about my that's my whole roster. <laughs> now you uh, do you ever have you, do you ever do you ever wake up? Do you ever have a dream that that absolutely fills you with dread? No, I oh, don't. Sure. No. Not a, then my wife would be tapping me on the shoulder and going, you're, you're going, ah. you know, in my dream, <laughs> I'm screaming at someone. When we were getting ready to buy our first house, which is still our house, I guess I got very anxious and I'm very macho. I don't, you can't make me cry no matter what or any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't do that stuff and in real life. And I kept dreaming and it was the hypnagogic stuff right before you wake up that somebody was standing over the bed. It, it's uh-huh. a real bad that we were asleep in, and that he had some kind of weapon. It was just the, you know the, uh-huh. the usual dark man thing, and I right. actually woke up screaming repeatedly. Uh-huh. My poor husband, was, and I was uh-huh. humiliated. And right then was when I discovered the Omni magazine's article about lucid dreaming in 30 days, and I did it. And I started. I, I learned to oh. lucid dream. I started putting a dream gun under my pillow each night, and it only took yeah. about three nights. And the guy showed up. I pulled the gun uh-huh. out and shot him, and it woke up screaming because I hadn't loaded it with bullets. I needed it. So the next few nights, I loaded it with green bullets, and if I never uh-huh. saw that guy again, I killed him. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So you you have control. You can you can opt in to conscious streaming. Yeah, but I have to practice it. I I, I was very. Uh-huh. You know, I, I had to, have to burn go- it because there was no way I wanted to scream. Yeah, there's a book called Lucid Dreaming that was that's very. I good. will Google. I will Google that, and because I I would like to do that. It's very fun. Oh yeah, it, it I'm helps curious, you write too. What kind, yeah. of, what kind of stuff you learned? Did you did you for your books? Did you research near death experiences? And if so, what are some of the interesting things you learned about that? Because that's a really interesting subject. I think, uh, God, we could do a show just about that. But yeah, what what. Mm-hmm. What's your experience? What did you learn about it? Um, I actually, 
have only like here and there, you know, read some anecdotes about near-death experience. Um, in, I'm not sure if this is part of the, uh, if there's a, a tradition of this thing that I made up, but Charlie Miner sees uh, a thing like a giant stingray, like a manta ray that has no thickness at all, but it's a deep, dark, it, it's it's black beyond blackness, uh, and it ripples. And it, when somebody dies, it descends on them and sucks out whatever essence is there. And he faces it each time he's about to die, but something repels it from him. So I don't have a near death. I haven't researched that. I made up this strange creature. Uh, I didn't just describe it very well. It's not quite as far-fetched, I hope, in the reading as it might sound in this conversation. Um, it kind of crackles with energy. Uh, it's menacing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, what's, what, <laughs> what is on the other side? We don't know. I know, right? Um, I know. Yeah. We don't know. I wonder if you could, if you if you want to, I'm, I'd love to hear a reading from this book. If you don't want to, we can just yeah. move along. If, if you'd like to, I'd love to hear one. Me too. I would be happy to, let's see, I have it here just in case. And I think in an email you said max at five minutes. I think we'll do better than that. I'll just, I'll just give you the intro to the latest, to down to no good. So here it is. Um, I wake up looking down at my body naked on a gurney at the morning. No, that's a memory. This has happened to me before. I was riding my bike, working a case high as a meteorite that doesn't yet know it's about to crash and burn, still happily tooling along in space at night, wrapped in a warm blanket of summer air, Jack Daniels and a smidgen of heroin. Some creep shot me in the temple, and I woke up hovering above my own corpse. This time it's different. Not a gurney. Not the morgue. A bed. My body, eyes closed, on a bed. I've got a bird's eye view, hovering like a kite, still tethered, but barely by an invisible string. Let's get clear on my my condition. I don't know what it is, but I know what it is not. I'm not a vampire or a zombie or a ghost. I'm not a thousand years old. I have no superpowers and I've never been a hero. What I do have is a broken life, a broken family, and so far an inexplicable inoculation against the dying and a daughter I would die for, or in this case, return to life for. The tether reels me in. I descend toward the body, a mirror image to it, my arms at my sides, my feet slightly apart, three bullet holes in my face and one in my gut. I'm going to need some repair. At contact, I'm absorbed and no longer looking down at myself, but looking up at the ceiling. I stretch my fingers, curl them into fists, and stretch them again. Jesus, holy fucking Christ. I know that voice. I turn my head. It's awkward after the lightness of floating to be in the body, to know its heaviness and vulnerability. There's a man sitting in a chair next to the bed. He's a cop, and the first thing I think is he knows my secret. Now he really knows it. But it's okay because he's also my friend and I trust him. Hey, Dave, how's it going? My voice sounds artificial. 
a forced process of pushing air, modulating vibrations with my vocal cords, shaping the syllables with my mouth and tongue, I make my lips grin. Dave sits there like a stuffed panda in his rumpled white shirt and cheap black sports coats. There's blood on his clothes. It's in his fingernails. My blood dried and caked on his hands. His right hand is clasped around the Heineken, which he finally tilts to his mouth and drains. I force the body up and into a sitting position, feet on the floor. I flex my fingers a few more times, roll my shoulders, and look over at Dave. For a moment, I close my eyes and leave the body just as an experiment and roam around the room. From over Dave's shoulder, I watch it slump back into the pillows like a marionette whose strings have been cut. Dave stands and moves toward the bed, but I slip back into the body and work my mouth and tell him it's okay. So, there you have the intro. Nice. Very nice. nice. Yeah, this is, yeah, this I like is that. so, yeah, really fascinating. How did you um, go about developing your main character? Um, you, you, did you take things from other fictional characters that you really liked, uh, things from your own life? How did, how did you do that? You know, I, I, that's a tough one to answer. He's not me. Uh, I painted myself into my middle book, which isn't part of the series. It's one called Trust Me. There's no supernatural element to it. Uh, this guy, he has different drug choices than I did. I was never very interested in opiates. Um, he, you know, he's obsessive compulsive, which I certainly have been. I'm less so now. Uh, I guess he, I guess he's more of an amalgamation of sort of hapless, you know, investigator. I mean, he's, he's, an, he's like a two-bit PI that does insurance fraud and divorce cases and stuff, you know, spying on cheating wives. And uh, so I kind of went with that template. I just, I, I, because I got off to such a weird start with him where he's, where he's a junkie and he's dead and reanimated, then right. everything flowed from there. It just flowed. I can't really, I can't really right. give credit to any particular source. I, I did take an extra leap into the weird and unknown by giving him in the previous book and this one the ability he actually okay if I've if I, I probably lost ninety percent of your listeners already just on weirdness now I'm going to lose eight percent you know eighty percent of those no at, at some point at, at, yeah at, they're weirdos at some they point, love it. He, okay good well okay weirdos. Check this. At some point, he finds out that he can, roaming is what I call his astral projection, he can roam right into a bullet hole, and a, a voice that he can identify gives him instructions for repairing the damage that the bullet did in his brain. And I did do research on that, so I learned all about, uh, I, I can't think of him right now, but... Uh, <laughs> All about the various pro- all about the various proteins and building blocks and synapses right, right. and different yeah. structures of the brain. So nice. anyway, nice. so he that's why it says he's going to need some repair. He's he's there's a precedent for that. Work. <laughs> and how many books do you see in this series? Is this something that you want to keep going? Because the, really, with something like this, I mean, this, the sky's the limit here. You know, you yeah. can go on with this for years. <clears throat> Do you intend to? 
Well, I have the third one. The third one is going to be called Down and Out Cold because I'm sticking with my theme down. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, silly puns, Down and Out Cold. I'm going to send them to Alaska to, uh, but I'm writing, I'm taking a stab at writing a screen, a pilot screenplay for uh, the first book, modeling it after, I don't know if you know the Jessica Jones series. Oh, yes, I love it. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going for that tone, sort of dark and, you know, the hard-boiled noir, noir kind of thing with the, she's got a supernatural element, she's got a superpower. And aiming for that, um, so I'm having to do a lot of homework because I don't have training in screenwriting. Right, right. Yeah, we know. We're there, too. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, we are we are just about out of time. But before before wow. we let you go, could, could you? T- I know, yeah. right? It goes fast. I know. Yeah. Could you yeah. tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and what you do? Okay, terrific. Um, yeah, the website. Okay, it's Earl Jaborski. www.earljavorsky.com and or at Earl Jaworski. Uh, you know, should I? I guess I'll go here too. Okay, I was born Daniel Earl Jaworski. I've been Dan Howard since I was five, but I picked Earl Jaworski for fun. So Dan Howard, writer, uh, you can find me on Facebook, and it flips over to the Earl Jaworski author site too. So there it is, www.earljaworski.com. Uh, there's links All right. there too. Okay, All right, and you nice. mentioned you're going to be doing you're going to be doing a uh, something at Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego soon. We already did, and we're going to do it at some libraries oh. and wherever whoever will book us. And it's my friend Dave Putnam. He's a cop. He's a good writer. He's got six books out that I know of. Uh, and Dave was a cop in L.A. and in, in San Bernardino for 30 years. And the theme that we go by, the title of the of the pitch is Two Writers Opposite Sides of the Law. Of course, he was a cop, and you know what I was. Yeah. Right, nice. <laughs> right. entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there will were. be information on your site. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And you'll have I'll more info. It. Okay. Oh, That's yeah. great. Uh-huh. All right. Well, um, we will look you up and connect with you. And uh, you know yeah. what? Good luck on everything. And this, this, um, um, I, I think that this sounds fantastic. I'm looking forward to getting into it. We're just behind on a million things, but oh boy, I, okay. I, yeah, I think this sounds fantastic, and I'm really glad to have you on. It was a good time, and uh, oh, thanks yeah, so yeah. much. And, and I yeah. truly yeah. hope you're entertained. Oh, we, we, we are. are. We always are. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So, uh, I mean, when you read it. Oh, I can't imagine not being. (laughs) I know, right? Great. I'm in love with it already. All right, so for everybody joining us, um, thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening.
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. 